it's basketball season and we've got you covered. The Ringer NBA show breaks down the latest and greatest around the league five days a week. Check out The Ringer NBA show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. What I think is going on, I think it's existential. Oh my God. I think they're on a journey as well. Get a new line. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast in the Ring RFC. I'm Mr. Kwanga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm Zen. Thanks. Are you really? I am now. <laughs> how are you? I am magnificent. I'm wonderful. I'm very good indeed. The Magnificent. Yeah, I'm very happy indeed. Mr. The Magnificent. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Run, tell it. I'm good. I'm very good, actually. Good. Is there yeah. any reason why? Or Well, actually, here's a quick one. Really happy because... The lovely Shep of the, the, the Pure Malt Bar in Paris, shout out to Shep, sent me, you and Righty, these beautiful commemorative um, oh, yeah. editions of L'Equipe. Yeah, it took a while for me to get these because I had to pick them up from a place around the corner. But thanks so much to Shep for sending these over. It yeah, was really thanks, lovely Shep. of him. They marked the death of Diego Maradona, so L'Equipe did a special edition. So he sent us three copies very kindly. And uh, times are tough in Paris. Shep's Bar has been closed since autumn, but it's absolutely wonderful. Check it out online. So any of our listeners in Paris, when that bar opens up, check out the Pure Malt. It's an absolute star place. Great whiskey served there. So check it out. Keep it in your minds when everything's no open. Yep, yep. Well, as soon as we're allowed to go to Paris, we're going straight there. Yep. I mean, Paris is pretty much living in my mind rent-free at the moment, as are a few other possible destinations. Much like your takes and other people's. <laughs> any other admin uh, you and I will be on writer's house this week so all listeners are going to get three loads of you and me this week oh my goodness three episodes involving you and me we'll probably save some of the Man United West Ham chat Brighton finally getting a result touch on Leeds a little bit and some other bits and bobs yeah 
So we'll swerve those today, save them for Wright's house. Uh, other admin, if you do listen to us on a podcast app that allows you to rate and review, please do so. It'd be very kind. And also, Stadio Outros playlist on Spotify. Search for Stadio Outros and you will find all of the music we play out with each episode. And a nice playlist. The newest one at the top. Other than that, oh yeah, don't forget to check theregular.com forward slash soccer as well. Maybe there'll be a piece going up this week or next week or both. And yeah, other than that, on a serious note quickly before we move on, we say this every single episode that we hope everyone's staying safe and well and we wanted to reiterate that this week because last week was quite grim for a number of people and we understand that at the moment, in addition to everything else that's going on last week, would have been particularly traumatic for a number of listeners. Obviously, we're two dudes, but we felt it too. And yeah, we just wanted to say that we hope everyone is hanging in there and that hopefully this week and the week after and the week after that and the week after that will be hopefully a little, but hopefully a lot more positive than the last week was for everyone because it was quite grim. And it seemed to like last a month. It was horrible. Yeah, brutal, brutal. Yeah. So. Sorry for that serious intro, but you know. Got to be done. It is what it is, man. Got to be done. Um, so today we're going to talk about the North London derby, my least zen moment of the season. <laughs> we're going to touch on the Bundesliga very, very briefly, but we'll touch on the Frauen Bundesliga as well because Bayern Munich continue to absolutely blaze through that the league. That is a juggernaut. That is a juggernaut. Uh, there was no classic in France this week due to cor- uh, Corona quarantine. I believe, or Corona protocols. We'll touch on the Conti Cup very quick. We'll touch on a couple of other key results and we'll do some stuff from France in Ligue 1, PSG losing. So we'll probably touch on a couple of other things as well. I mean, we'll touch on, oh, El Gran Derby in Spain. Oh, I just know games like this are just no fun without fans. I mean, all games are no fun without fans anyway, but this and the Super Classico, which was also this weekend, you know, seeing an empty Bombonera, it's just, oh, makes me sad. But should we start with the North London Derby? Yeah, we have to. We have to, yeah. I was having a really nice Sunday afternoon. I was just cruising along. It's beautiful. Took in the Conte Cup, obviously, like, shout out to Mara Mielda, terrible injury. I mm. hope she's okay soon. But, you know, this was, you know, I was just cruising through my Sunday afternoon and then this fixture turns up. The anxiety, Ryan, I don't think I slept properly till 1.30am. And I think, Tracing it back, it began with this fixture. Do you know what it's like? It's like when, you know when you're out for drinks somewhere with a group of friends and someone invites someone who everyone knows, yes. but they're not really part of the usual crew yes. and something always goes down when they're around. Absolutely. And yep. it's like, no one can fully relax until they've gone. That's exactly it. And you, it's, your, it's on you because you invited them. That's how I feel. It's I feel the me. guilt. I didn't do shit. Well, well, no, but, yeah, because we, we invite them. We invite this friend or this person into our space. Yeah. I invited this Derby into my emotional space. Shouts to Kaylee on Twitter who just tweeted me after the game saying, you know, with the two kind of disguised emojis being like, you know, how's your zen? Because obviously I've been saying how zen I was about Arsenal this season. Yeah. I reposted just saying, busted. This was the least zen I've been all season. I think that last 12 minutes, bear in mind there's a pandemic going on. Yeah. I don't think I've been that stressed. Yeah, yeah. last 12 minutes. Like, well, because, it was, it was yeah. so grim. But should we, should we start at the beginning? So, yeah. Well, start before the, be- start before the beginning. Well, no Aubameyang. Exactly. 
for turning up late. Apparently there's a load of, uh, I, I read James McNicholas's piece in The Athletic and he gave some great insight into road closures around the Highbury area in Islington. And perhaps that contributed to Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang being late for the team, well, missing the team meeting point or time, which led to him being left on the bench. I mean, it's anyone, anyone who has ever been in a car driving around that part of London will know that you leave an extra half an hour earlier. Right. And then you leave an extra 20 minutes earlier than that extra half an hour because driving around that part of London sometimes is a nightmare. Do you know what's so wild about it? It's so, it's so awful and so relatable at the same time. Mm. Like, this is the thing. Footballers can't be late for work. This is the thing. If you think about it, like, it's so weird. We don't think about this, right? Like, you can be late for work as certain employees. Half an hour late, you'll get erotic. You cannot be late for a Champions League like semi-final it will kick off without you <laughs> and it's actually incredible if we look at footballers how few of them are late for work <laughs> it's a surprise this doesn't happen more often that makes sense mm. let's start with the positive for Arsenal Arsenal was so good completely bossed the game Hyun Min Song going off after what 20 minutes with a hamstring injury Eric Lamella coming on and I have to admit that Initially, as an Arsenal fan watching this, I was just like, okay, obviously I don't want any player to be injured and that's grim, but like actually Son going off is quite handy for Arsenal because he always causes so dangerous. problems. But then I saw Lamella coming on and I just had, I had, I was just like, I got a bad feeling about this. I have a really bad feeling about this. And obviously it was he who opened the scoring with Spurs' first shot. Right. I mean, the goal was amazing. It's a goal that felt out of place. I know it was in a, I think if it had won this game, I think it would have been more fitting, but it's, it might be forgotten actually because of what came later. Or not forgotten, but its impact will be minimised. But the finish itself, he placed a Rabona through a crowd of people flat from the edge of the area with incredible amount of control. Like the amount of technical control that requires. Mm. It's tough to even, I'm, I probably used this analogy before and I'm sure I have, but it's basically equivalent of taking a corner in the wet. It's that level of like, the level of control that requires- In Formula just, One, we should call yeah, it. In, yeah, yeah in, in, in Formula One or that level of control is unbelievable. And I think I mentioned this in the podcast as well before, but the amount of, the, the quality of technique in the Premier League in any given week is something we actually take a bit for granted sometimes. Just what these players are capable of. Like Lamella was playing for like Roma as a, like a 10 at the age of like 21 or something. He almost reminded us, and it was actually quite poignant, this goal, it was a gorgeous finish, but it reminded us, and this is sound disrespectful, what, what Lamella could have been. It's not that he's not had a good career, don't get me wrong, but like Lamella's peak is, is unbelievable. But we'll see as his performance went on, we'll understand why maybe that peak has not been hit because his decision-making is not always optimal. I think that's a fair shout how do you feel about the goal I mean obviously it was a it was a beautiful goal but there is a but go for it it's one of those goals that is unbelievable but do I go there yeah you go there it's our podcast god I feel like so miserable like being miserable about this goal not miserable but I love the goal like I love how beautiful it was but also there's part of my football my football kind of lover brain that's been a bit like it's a professional footballer that hates using their wrong foot that much 
you can think the goal is absolutely incredible, but kind of hate the reasons that it happened, if that makes sense. That's the most Johan Cruyff thing I've ever said in this podcast. In a good way, that's the most Johan Cruyff thing I've ever said in this podcast. Like, you can love a goal, but hate the reasons it happened. Yeah, there and you go. It's, that's, it's so that's, fitting wearing an orange hoodie as well. It's so fitting. Yeah, thank you, Vail. <laughs> you get all this podcast, don't you? <laughs> but that's the thing. And I know that loads of people who thought the goal was amazing are going to probably hear that and be like, what are you talking about, Ryo? You're just being an Arsenal fan. You're being a blinkered Arsenal fan. No, not at all. It's like the goal is obviously, like when it happened, I was just kind of sat there being like, has that really happened? That was, I was so in shock. good. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. so good. Yeah. But then also you kind of, your brain starts wondering, you know, you start doing the, you know, the equations gif. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, hang on a minute. I'm not hating on the goal. I, I think the goal was beautiful. I have to, I have to, I mean, hopefully people listen to this podcast know that we're not going to just like slander a goal like that. It's going to probably win goal of the season in the Premier League. I imagine. It'll probably be nominated for a push curse. Yeah. You know, and rightly so. It was, it was beautiful and the control and the, and the way it went through someone's leg and the trajectory of it and the way that it kept flat, I thought was actually the most impressive thing. It's unbelievable. That gave Spurs the lead and then Martin Odegaard equalised just before half time, cross from Kieran Tierney. Odegaard kind of scuffed the shot a bit, deflected off Alderweireld. And That's better. I love it. I love but it. But did you see the, uh, <laughs> you saw Odegaard you saw and Eric Lamella walking off at half time and they were kind of smiling to each other. It looked like they were having a bit of a chat. And I was just like, Odegaard's basically like, all goals count the same. <laughs> all goals are created equal. <laughs> really important goal for him. Because, you know, in North London Derby, that's instant hero status. Two and two as well. Back to back. Like first, first goal for Arsenal on Thursday. First Premier League goal for Arsenal on the weekend in a derby. A crucial goal before halftime because Arsenal were so, so the better side in the first half. Right, yeah. I think going in at halftime, 1-0 down would have been hugely disappointing. Do you know, Bukayo Saka, watching him in the corner against Spurs, he looked like a, um, Bukayo Saka looked like a lumberjack in a forest where he's cut down lots of trees, but hasn't worked out how he's going to escape everything falling on him. So he goes into this crowd of players, Spurs footballers falling around him like debris. And he's just like, he's turning, he's turning. And they're just, they're just like collapsing all over him because they haven't got a clue what to do with this poor man. Like, you know, this Saka is just one of, again, one of the few players, every generation they emerge is a few players who can basically run into a crowd of opposing players and emerge. It was like the bit in the, you know, the Dark Knight Rises where they detonate the stuff underneath the football field and the guy's still running with the ball and he <laughs> yes. turns around and everyone's just gone. <laughs> that, that is... <laughs> it's someone... Like, where did everyone go? <laughs> it's somebody animates that. <laughs> that is... You know, it's so funny. I can see that in my head. I can see Saka just... <laughs> Uh, he came off at half time injured for Nicola Pepe and I thought Pepe was quite good and I think Pepe's been playing quite yes. well this season. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This I season agree. overall. He I started agree. a little bit hot and cold, but I think he's been pretty he's been on a pretty good run of form for a while now. Yeah, yeah. And Arsenal again were still the better side. Then came the penalty. Okay, so I tongue in cheek tweeted that I wasn't sure if this was a penalty or not until I saw Mourinho wagging his finger going, no, 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 no. And then I was like, it's definitely a penalty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was laughing when I saw that. It was, was definitely a penalty. Like, yeah, he yeah. knows. It's the biggest tell. It's just, he's got, he's got, this is the thing about Mourinho. He still thinks he's like uh, the king of disguise and he's just, he has no poker face, Mourinho. No, it's, no, no. It's hilarious. No. 
And as soon as I saw him doing the like, no, 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 I was like, this is definitely, he thinks it's a penalty. Um, I actually all along kind of thought it was a penalty. No, actually, no, I tell a lie. At first in real time, I thought Sanchez gets the ball. And then I saw the replay and obviously Lacazette just skews the shot. But I still it's think a it's a penalty. Attempt. It is, of course. I still think it's a penalty. Like you're flying in that high on someone. Like I, I love Michael. Was it Michael Dawson on Sky was saying, "It's high and it's reckless." Even if Lacazette gets a shot away, I still think it's a foul. Of course, it is, Ryan. It's the equivalent of those penalties that people give when you're turning and actually going out of the box. Mm. You see that a lot of the times. You know, someone cuts a winger cuts and is going out to cross the ball back in yeah. and gets fouled while they're leaving. That's still a penalty. Yes, yeah. it's still a penalty. Because Lacazette's effort was so bad, I think yeah, it's, it was almost it's, like, you don't deserve a penalty. Exactly. All those emotions of, it's a derby, Lacazette didn't deserve a penalty. That goal, that Rabona goal by Lamella felt like it was fated to win this game, you know, because it, it felt like the kind of goal that wins big matches, right? One's that's going to be, it's, yeah, I mean, it's one of those, it was like, it was going to be used on uh, trailers for North London derbies for years and years to come. But now right. it's already tainted. Which right, must, because which, yeah. which, is, which, is, which sucks for a goal like that. And I think that's where a lot of this is coming from. Lacazette puts the penalty away and then two yellow cards for Eric Lamella in seven minutes. Boy, was he on a journey. I, I thought the second one was absolutely nailed on. I thought the first one was probably still a booking. The second one, I mean, some refs give a straight red for that. Yeah, true. Unfor- unfortunately, some refs give a straight red. And actually, you could argue, you know, he gave that yellow for it, but could have been red anyway. It was such a strange thing to do as well. It was so strange. Yeah, because he probably took a, he took a lunge, didn't he? He probably took a step over and put his arm up and I just don't think he needed to do it. And also, again, Mourinho's reaction, nothing. He knew straight away. He knew, he knew, he knew. And is there anything more telling than a red card if Jose Mourinho doesn't protest it in any single way? Yeah. This man has never showed up late to an injustice. Never. Like <laughs> all of justice for the wrong yeah. reasons. <laughs> Never. Um, but then actually, I think Spurs got the last 15 minutes. Spurs were unbelievable. Well, I think it was a combination of Spurs being great or actually just going at Arsenal and Arsenal mm. just being dreadful. That, I think, like Mikel Arteta said after the game, that last 10 minutes was probably the worst that Arsenal played this season. Very honest there. Yeah, I think it was. This must be the super frustrating thing for Spurs. I mean, obviously it ended 2-1. We all know that now. But for Spurs fans, having all of that talent there and seeing how much Arsenal couldn't cope with Spurs just going at them, and maybe it would have been different if they'd gone at them straight away from the beginning of the game. Maybe it was that you know Arsenal knew that they had the lead. They knew they had a player more. They knew that this was the first Derby win in, what, five or six, I think. I think since uh, they beat them in the league in 2018. You know, Arsenal's recent run in North London Derby is not good. Yeah, it's a fairly young team overall. Harry Kane hit the post with that free kick. Yeah, great had, goal, had the goal that was given offside, rightly so. Um, side note, I love Harry Kane growing his hair out a bit. <laughs> I'm into it. Officer and a gentleman. I think it really suits him, man. Officer like, gone rogue. Harry, if you're listening, you're not listening because why would you? This is nonsense. But very uh, hair out more, man. But Ryan, with cheekbones like that, you can do anything, quite frankly, can't you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that free kick was amazing. And I, I, I was convinced as soon as it hit his foot that it was going in. 
He's been locked in a lot of the yeah, lot of the season, hasn't he? And then was it the follow up from Sanchez that Gabriel headed away? Oh wow, yeah, that was my god. That passage of play was honestly the worst. There was some, like, there was some serious defending this weekend. Actually, I got to say that there was some serious defending, but that yeah. was maybe the, maybe the maybe the peak of them. Yeah. So yeah, I think for Spurs, look at the attacking tools they had on the pitch at the beginning of the game, like Kane, Son, Bale, Mora, to hold them back like that. You know, it's interesting. You know, I, like to, I wonder what 2005 Mourinho would think of 2021 Mourinho. Mm. If you look at like, you know, the best Mourinho teams and what they've actually done with mm. assets in attack, with spectacular assets, they have torn teams to pieces on the front foot. Mm. I just wonder, actually, if there's ever a moment of reflection when he's like, ah, uh, like I used to, um, I used to have tools like this and run right. Mm. He's too self-aware not to have those moments. He's too mm. self-aware for that. Uh, and that was the derby. Yeah. My God, it was stressful. Dude, I was anxious. I mean, we, could, we had a call afterwards, didn't we? And I was just like, yeah. every part of this, this, this felt like, um, it felt like when your nerve, when you've got like a sore tooth and the nerve is first exposed to the mm. air, felt like that. It was just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, people have joked about me kind of saying how zen I've been about Arsenal this season and I genuinely have been you've seen me haven't you like after bad yeah, results yeah. obviously it, it's like I never I want Arsenal to lose football games but I'm just like well it's going to happen this year more than any but this was just oh my god that last <laughs> that last 10 minutes I never want to see that again ever if I was ever. an Arsenal fan I'd be sleeping the lights on for the next few days for sure <laughs> In other Premier League news, before we go to a break, uh, Man City, nil no half-time, three not full-time. Another win, this time over Fulham away. Yeah, I, and I'm, actually... Yeah. Sorry, go on. I just think it's funny because actually a couple of these wounds are self-inflicted. I'm not saying that Fulham would have got a point because I think City had a bit too much, but one thing Fulham can take comfort from is they almost... Th- those two, those two errors, the last two goals, Fulham can just be like, well, if we just shore that up, we're going to be fine. Because City basically, with all their attacking tools, still only broke them down the once, if we're being maybe charitable. But those, those were like, does that make sense? Those were mm-hmm. unforced errors from Fulham they made. And the good thing for Fulham is they came trying to play football. And this is the thing, if Fulham, weirdly enough, it's so strange, but Fulham can take heart from their mistakes because they came playing the right way and they can play themselves out of trouble. They've just got to keep playing without fear, I think. Because if there's one thing that Fulham are playing with that a lot of people around them aren't playing so much with, it's just that little bit more confidence. Mm. So we are seeing teams around Fulham in that table losing with their heads down, if that makes sense. Mm. I know that sounds, that sounds like a super weird thing to say if Fulham fans are listening to this, but actually... I would take heart from the way they've approached losses and wins equally. That makes sense. Mm. Everton lost 2-1 at home to Burnley. Yeah. That's an amazing a winner huge, here by Dwight McNeil. Yeah, what a goal. I mean, it's a hugely mean, important win for Burnley because yeah. with Brighton also winning, they, they could have... I mean, Brighton and Burnley winning has pulled them... Not pulled them away, but like Brighton obviously were level on points with Fulham and have now leapfrogged Newcastle who are having played the same games. Burnley have pulled themselves a little bit away 
from them, but having played the game more. So that winning goal actually puts Burnley 2 0 up before Everton pull the back through Calvert Lewin, who's been lights out this year, obviously. Mm. Menil works ball to his left, cuts inside, and actually is very much remind me of actually a great Everton player, Kevin Sheedy. Floated in off the left foot and You've then. You've mentioned just Kevin Sheedy a couple of times on this which podcast. Which is that, that left, it was that left foot though. It doesn't get the love, doesn't get the love. The gorgeous finish where the keeper gets a full sight of it mm. and is yet nowhere near it. That was one of those in the Bundesliga this weekend. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. Yes. Different context. I know. Hertha, right? Yeah, yeah. I, know, I know. Quick shout for Leicester. I know this is a little bit harsh giving them a quick shout, but they beat Sheffield United 5 0. Um, the day that. Was it the day? No, the day after Chris Wilder. Yeah. Parted ways with Leicester. Uh, with Sheffield United, sorry. We'll talk about Ian Nacho on. Yeah. Right, house. So we'll, we'll, we'll save some of that, well, the bulk of this game for that game. For that all I'll say this, all Brighton and Vardy will be running counterattacks like in their 80s. <laughs> Those two are just like... <laughs> One last counterattack. That's never, that's never a sight anyone's going to enjoy for the next 50 years in any level of football. They'll be playing, they'll be playing when they're 80. No one's ever going to enjoy that. <laughs> Through the old people's home. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Down the corridor, fighting. Oh, with the zimmer frames. Mark, get the cut back. Far post. I got, I got you, Jamie. I got you, Jamie. <laughs> That'd make a great effort. <laughs> Just lobbing digestives to each other. <laughs> uh, and we'll touch on Man United and West Ham as well on Wright's house, but obviously Man United scraping through in the Moyes derby. Mm, yes, absolutely. Well, the Jesse Lingard derby, although we couldn't play, which was a shame. Leeds Chelsea nil nil, and that was a spirited encounter. That's generous. It was like, I mean, I, I joked about this, this, this Spider-Man thing of like, it was like the same, at one level it felt like this. At one point of the game, it felt like the same coach because they were doing, you could see them thinking and trying to outfox each other in real time. But it was like when those, those uh, Kung Fu fights where people are punching and hit each other on the knuckles because they're like, they're, they're hitting, they're landing exactly the same blows at the same time. But yeah, at least not Chelsea nil. I mean, some results are what they are and that was one of them. I'm not wild about Harvard's as a nine. You know, I'm not. Have you changed your mind? You know why? Because he's, he's, the movement is all there, but he's not a killer, Ryan. That's just not his best position. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I liked it because of his positioning. I loved his movement, but he doesn't have the, um, it's, it's the Vardy thing. He doesn't have that. He's not that guy. It's not oh. what he does in that role. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, man, let's go to the Conti Cup final quickly. Chelsea beating Bristol City. I mean, Kirby, your enthusiasm was oh, extraordinary. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Chelsea, Chelsea six, Bristol City nil. And the way this game started, just like, it was a riot. It was ferocious from the opening whistle. Um, Wrighton and Fleming playing either side of Kirby as a 10 behind mm. Kerr. GC on on the bench, Beth England out with a concussion, Penel Harder on the bench. GC on and Penel Harder didn't leave the bench. Because Unbelievable. Within, within 90 seconds of this, I was like, I was still working out, okay, well, how's writing going to play like in this year? Writing was like arguably Chelsea's player of the year last year. And 
doesn't get regular football because they're stacked. Wrighton plays a glorious pass into Kirby. Kirby squares it and Kerr. And that was not game, but that was, it wasn't game, but it was the tone of the game. And that combination, Wrighton, Kirby and Kerr just tore poor Bristol apart. Mm. And Bristol never got a chance. The sad thing for them is they never got a chance to impose their plan, which was maybe a kind of the Everton vibe of like, you know, sit deep and counter, no shame in that because they've been really good on the break uh, in recent weeks. But Chelsea gave them no time for any of that. And Kirby has been in recent games just oh, she's surging. Been she's been incredible. She is the kind of, um, she's, the, she's, the, she's the joker in that team, mm. actually. She knits it together. And the unselfishness that, that she's playing with, Kerr got the hat trick and that was wonderful. And it's, you don't like to distinguish players and it's a team performance at the same time. Kirby, two goals and four assists. It says it all. Uh, she's been playing so well. So yeah. well, especially since coming back from her condition and obviously everything she's been through over the last few years. I'm just so happy for Fran Kirby. Just so happy that she's back playing, playing really well, healthy. Yeah. I mean, just an amazing win for Chelsea. And I mean, it was kind of expected. We said, I think, when they went through that obviously you never know. Yeah, right, right. Because the final's a final, but Chelsea were just way, way, way too strong. And without, and, and whilst being able to save some, some people on the bench as well, the one thing that really marred it was like you mentioned the horrible, horrible, horrible injury to Myron Melder right yeah. at the end. Of, it was right at the end of the game as well. Like 15 to go. Yeah, almost yeah. nothing to go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's not, even, it's not even one where you're like, oh, they could have subbed her off earlier to like, mm. no, because you don't take off a player like Marin Mielder, you don't. And it was a fairly innocuous, it wasn't the worst chance. As much as she locked her knee as she was turning, I think she anticipated a player coming oh. in to tackle and locked her knee and then just let out this awful, awful scream, which of course in the empty stadium just travelled. That was horrible. And the players just looked ashen. Mm. You, you know, um, Emma Hayes at the end was almost like far away. Mm. You know, when looking and, and they interviewed um, Sam Kerr about a hat trick and she was like, you know, happy, yeah, I've joined Chelsea and all this, I've, you know, it's a chance with trophies, but there's still that sense of, of reserve. Mm. Um, and this is the thing, Chelsea have looked like the front runners for, in my opinion, the Champions League. Marimiel has been a huge part of that mm. run. She's an absolute essential part right. yeah, of that squad. Right. Right, right. So I just hope I that... Emma Hayes referred to her as a mother hen. Right, yeah, absolutely. I, I just, I, I've got no doubt that she'll play a role if, as a non-playing member in the squad. Mm. But that leadership, that leadership is... So, I, mm. hope it's, you know, I hope it's okay. That, that could be a big loss for them. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be. Um, I mean, it's looking like an ACL rupture. Oh. Um, she was. She needed oxygen on the pitch before being escorted straight. I think she got taken straight to hospital. Um, but Chelsea, I, I hate hate injuries. Oh, yeah, I mean the, the 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 cruciate ligament pandemic through the women's game is something that we've retweeted and posted articles about, written by people, many of the brilliant writers who have been covering the women's game have written. Yeah, um, it's a real thing, and there are many reasons for it. I suggest. If you're not aware of it, just go and look up. There's some great stuff um, by all of the 
all of the writers were usually retweet. Katie Wright wrote one, Susie Rack wrote one. Um, there was one recently, not too long ago, in the Telegraph, I think. And so, yeah, just Google women's football ACL and you'll find loads of articles about it. I'd recommend going and reading about it if you're not aware of the situation because uh, it's yeah. not a happy read at all, but it's very informative and give you a bit more of a picture as to what's going on there. Um, yeah. Chelsea run for a quintuple. They have won the League Cup and the Community Shield. They're on course to retain the Women's Super League. Obviously, the FA Cup starts next month. And the Champions League, they are among the favourites. Wow. Let's move to Germany. Hey, we've already moved to Germany, but let's move to Germany. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Take many years, lads. Many years. Uh, uh, the spiritual journey Oh, it's not, to Germany. not what it once were when I moved here, but Musa. Uh, uh. Berlin's changed. It's changed. Uh, it's the most Berlin thing we've ever said in this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we're we're uh, permanent residents, aren't we? We are. We are. are we allowed to, do we drop information like that on the podcast? Or my goodness, that's a peek behind the veil. Let's go to the Frauen Bundesliga. Wolfsburg beat Leverkusen two 0 to keep some kind of pressure on Bayern at the top, who um, look kind of inevitable. Yeah, uh, two yeah, for yeah. Schuler and Lena Magul got the opener with a penalty. They beat Essen three 0 They've won 16 straight to start the season. They've only conceded three goals. They've, con- they've scored 62. They have a goal difference of plus 59. They are running away with the, with the Frauen Bundesliga. Although, they still are only five points clear. Who's taking the points of them, though? I can't really see. Well. Potsdam have goals in them. Let's see. They've got a run of Hoffenheim, Turbina and Wolfsburg. And I think, if they're, gonna drop any, if, I think if they're going to drop any points, it'll be from the, those three games. That's actually quite nice for Wolfsburg to get them after those two. Mm-hmm. Those are tough, tough fixtures actually in isolation, back to back. That's interesting. Because that will be, that means that Bayern will play the rest of the top four in consecutive weeks. And Cup then actually they play points, Leverkusen yeah. as well. So they play the rest of the top five. I mean, Leverkusen obviously, uh, they lost to Wolfsburg on the weekend like we mentioned. I don't think they will have enough for Bayern. Um, but you, you never know. Like, even if it's just a dropped point and then they play Wolfsburg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a nice run, actually. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I can't see them not winning the league. It's a shame for Essen. Essen have, Essen are having a, Essen is really struggling this season after Leia Schuler went to Bayern and Lena Oberdorf went to Wolfsburg. Two key players for them. Right. They really struggle this season. They're on course for their lowest finish for, I think, four or five years, at least. Which is a real shame, but I think that's also coupled with FFC Frankfurt's re- rebranding and absorbing by Eintracht. Yeah. Leverkusen's more investment. It's kind of given that league as a new middle class in a way. Yeah, Turbina's partnership with Hertha has given them some a, a much needed financial boost as well. So, And Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim are really improving this season and are impressing. They're, I mean, they're third. You know, they, are, they actually have Essen next. But, they were pretty um, nice. They are pretty decent last year as well, actually, half yeah. the time in patches. Yeah. yeah, they've showed progression over the last couple of years, right? Good attacking side, yeah, yeah. And obviously now with the three Champions League spots being available, that's, I mean, they've got such a cushion over Turbina. Turbina have got a game in hand, but they're still eight points clear of Turbina Hoffenheim. And um, I reckon that top three is as it is, as it will be. I think that's a fair shout. As we mentioned, Lyon PSG was postponed in the first division in France. Much like Bayern in Germany, Barcelona continue their 
absolute juggernaut of a season, beating Valencia 5-0 on the weekend. Two for Caroline Graham Hansen, Patella's got a penalty, Schwala got one, and Guerrero got one. And they've won 19 straight to start the season, then nine points clear with three games in hand. That's absolutely wild. They continue to break the record each week they win. They're extending their own record, basically. They scored almost 100 as well, isn't it? They scored 95, conceded three. (laughs) Scoring five goals a game. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But they're also... To their, to their credit, they're score, they've got a variety of goal scorers too. Mm. Some might say it's not hard with that volume, but I think it is important. The late stages of Champions League, you need that variety as you go deep. Yeah, well, actually, they, I mean, they, they, they're, they're involved in the tie of the round in the Women's Champions League. The draw was made on Friday. Yeah, they play Manchester City. That is so spicy. That is, which <laughs> is the tie of the round. The rest of the draws... Bayern Munich against Rosengard. Chelsea against Wolfsburg is also a good title, though I think Chelsea are going to be too strong for that. I agree. We have a potential classique as well. If PSG get past Sparta Prague, which I assume they will, they will face Lyon. Those ties are amazing in the Women's Champions League. The harder derby, Chelsea-Wolfsburg. How cool is that? Yeah. Sparta Prague play uh, PSG 2.30 European time on Wednesday. And then the rest of the Champions League returns the following week. That's the second leg from the previous previous round. So Wednesday, 24th of March, 5pm, all of the kickoffs. So find a place to watch them. I think they'll be on BT Sport in the UK. I think CBS in the States. I wonder if UEFA has on the website as well, because they did that last time. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. I'm not sure, but hopefully. Find a place to watch them, because some of those ties are going to be unbelievable. Yeah. Whilst we're, we're talking about Germany, should we quickly touch on the Bundesliga, the men's Bundesliga? Yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah. Very, very quickly. Yeah, but... Dortmund got through against Hertha 2-0. Um, Sofa Makoku came on and scored the clincher. It was a lovely goal. Do you know what it reminded me of a little bit? His movement? Brazilian Ronaldo. I love that you've mentioned that. Do you know what I love about him as well? 16 years old, three goals in the Bundesliga already. He's yeah, really... He, the only wonderful. players who have scored more goals this season are Haaland and Sancho. And the, the funny thing about him is, the most impressive thing about Makoku isn't his goal scoring. That's the thing. It's, it, it's really funny, like, his ability to raise the tempo, the tone, the quality, the complexity of the playmaking when he comes on is just something else. Mm. Amazing player. He's, yeah. yeah, I think, shout out to Luis Ambrose, he tweeted, he's so ready for this level. Yeah. And I said, yeah, he is. I, I, I think it's been good that they've been managing him, his minutes. I love though. how they've done that. Yeah. Because yeah. he made his debut against Hertha at the Olympia Stadion when they were already, Four, they'd five, already won yeah, the game, basically. Up, yeah. they, unfortunately, when Holland got injured, he had to play a little bit more than I would think they wanted him to. Mm in crucial games and a couple of times they've brought him on when they've needed a goal but actually they've kept him away from it a little bit as well I think they've actually handled it on the whole pretty well this season because there was a real there was a real urgency or there was a real hype around him when he turned 16 and he was able to play just to kind of play him and I'm glad that they haven't because as we've seen with numerous players who have started playing first team football at that age <clears throat> the miles on the clock that they generate absolutely the, mar- the miles on the clock that they rack up so quickly it catches up Dortmund's with Dortmund's care so- for young players I just want to I've maybe said it before but their care for young players is I really rate that I really rate how they do that Handy win for Dortmund they closed the gap on Frankfurt ahead of them who drew with Leipzig not a dreadful result because Frankfurt are no you know no, no mugs no. as they say right. but um, with Bayern winning they've extended the lead at the top of the Bundesliga to four points now 
Um, I mean, I know it was Verda, but Bayern still looked beautifully in sync mm. for that game. Yeah. Um, quick shout out for Stuttgart, who continue to be mega fun. If you don't watch Stuttgart, watch Stuttgart. Um, if you are a US-based listener, they have an American in charge, Pellegrino Matarazzo, doing a great job at Stuttgart, along with Sven Bislintat and Thomas Hitzelsberger, sporting director. Stuttgart are, despite some of the off-field politics, it's all, it's all been very, very fun on the pitch. Um, arguably off the pitch, depending on the taste for chaos. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Bayer Leverkusen lost at home 2-1 to Bielefeld, which means that Hertha have now gone into the bottom three. Uh, do you know what? I think the Bundesliga, if, if Hertha stay up this season, the Bundesliga, I was actually chatting to Stefan Ersfeld about this, the Bundesliga managerial roundabout that will happen in the summer is going to be mega fun. Very quickly on Wolfsburg, I know it was only Schalke, but you know, Schalke's struggling. Mustafi was on a journey though. The choice of going to Schalke, you know, if, if you're a defender not playing with a huge amount of confidence, to go to Schalke maybe want the sort of the familiarity of a home setting and but my goodness Ryan he he struggled against Wolfsburg I think to put it mildly he really struggled um he did and they've they are they are like really solid this year Wolfsburg they better goals to their game Gladbach lost on Friday 3-1 to Augsburg they didn't actually play dreadfully I don't think mm. but um they're definitely not playing uh, good enough Lars Stindl missed the penalty to give him the lead I saw the stat. It was his first miss in five years. It's his first miss in five years from the spot. But we will forgive him because he's very handsome. Yeah, he's very handsome. Did you see, uh, did you happen to see Jenny Vu's tweet during the last, I did see it. The previous Gladbach game? I did see it. She's out of control. She's absolutely out of control. Lars Stindl, <laughs> Mac Me and Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> Good grief. Uh, shouts to Jenny Vu actually she twisted her ankle really badly on the weekend she got a bad ankle oh no I know oh no um, yeah I mean Gladbach had just all of the ball and expected goals wise they should have they should have put Augsburg away mm. but um, impressive win for Augsburg and very 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 important because it's pulled them away from that bottom chunk of Köln, Bielefeld, Hertha and Mainz mm. who were all separated by just one point obviously there's one automatic relegation spot up I was going to say up for grabs, but it's not really something that is up for grabs, right? It's more that to be avoided. Yeah. And then the and then the playoff spot, which is actually called in Germany the relegation. We'll touch on more Bundesliga next week because Am Wochenende, Bayern Stuttgart, which will be fun. Uh, Dortmund travel to Cologne, and there's a Friday night game between Arminia Bielefeld and RB Leipzig, and then on and also the top spiel der Woche, Saturday night game. Schalke against Gladbach. So you would expect Gladbach to get back to winning ways because they have lost six straight now. I think they've only had one draw in the last eight yeah, in all comps. Six straight. That was against that was that no that was that nil nil draw against Wolfsburg, which was oh God. Grim. That game was not a classic. Take another break. Let's do it. All right, well, should we go to Liga? Yes. Nantes came up big over PSG. You know what? Kylian Mbappe? He's not a number six. He is really not a number six. No, no, no. Oh dear. So his back pass led to um, Nantes equaliser. And actually, so this is a bit of a grim one. So the surrounding context, Angel Di Maria had his house robbed. And Marquinhos, families held hostage. Absolutely awful. Yeah. This is the thing about, you know, football, footballers actually having a life away from the stadium. This has happened to him twice now. Yeah. His house got burgled. But I don't, I hopefully, I don't know if the family was home this time. 
But this was really, really grim. Said, according to Marca, Di Maria's family were held hostage in the house, but were unharmed. Awful. His wife and her children were kidnapped for a short time. The same information that reveals that Marquinhos was also the victim of an almost identical situation, although in this case it was his parents who were in the house at the time of the robbery. Unbelievable. Well, but not unbelievable because this happens. This is, you know, you're a footballer or someone who's publicly wealthy. If you're at that level of football, you're publicly wealthy and so you are a target. And of course, you're on the pitch. Everyone's like, well, he's not home. Yeah, I mean, Di Maria was burgled when he was at Man United in 2015. Yeah. And never really recovered from that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So basically what happened was, that's why he got taken off. Uh, apparently, I'm reading this from the Give Me Sport article. Um, after about an hour, Leonardo was seen on the phone after talking to a match official in the stand. And then Pochettino found out, started looking quite distressed. Di Maria was taken off and replaced by Paredes. I mean, that's just horrific. I mean, right. obviously... F- thoughts with their fa- with them and their families and we hope that everyone's okay and stuff but like oh my god man what the fuck is up with people it's grim isn't it it's just yeah yeah it's just so grim but yeah i mean it kind of it kind of makes the defeat it makes the defeat completely trivial stuff like this right right well but, that's the thing yeah i mean i suppose we have to talk about it because it's at the top of the league mm. and it was a really great win for Nantes. Mm. so maybe let's focus on some positives i mean we've been struggling yeah. yeah, they have. I mean, Julian Draxler got his, I think it was his fourth goal of the season early on, opened the scoring just before halftime. And then uh, Colin Mwani got the first, which was a lovely finish, actually. Yeah, yeah really was. And then his, his assist for Moses Simon for the second, like the weight on it and the time that he released it, it was that, that's, that's what I thought was clever about it. Right, okay. Because he released it at the absolute optimum time where there just wasn't enough time. I think Marquinhos was chasing him, chasing Simon. And, but Navas had already kind of set his feet getting ready for a shot. It's deceptively simple. Um, and this is- Because it's, sorry, it's, very easy to, it's very easy to mess up. No, actually. absolutely. You're absolutely right. No, absolutely. It is. And that's why the timing of it, and I, sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. It's deceptively simple to let a pass up. It's a very sort of De Bruyne type. It's a very De Bruyne type mm. timing, if that makes yeah. sense. I like that comparison a lot. Big for Kumbari as well. That was big for him because Nantes is struggling. And he hasn't had the best, yeah, hasn't had the best run of uh, managerial jobs recently. So, yeah. And they're a point off Lorient now. So they're in the relegation playoff, but they're a point off. Imagine if Lorient and Nantes went down having both beaten PSG though. Yeah, and early on in the day, Lille had dropped points at Monaco and PSG could have gone top if they'd been not. So actually, Liga this season has been, has been mega, mega fun. Lyon are level on points with PSG. Monaco are still only four points behind them. Could make a run at it. They could. Could and should. They really, could really could. could. Should, to be honest. Yeah. Do you want to dart to Serie A? Yeah, let's do that quickly. Let's do it. Oof. Where would you like to begin? I, I just think, I think we begin uh, with Torino-Inter only because this is the kind of game, if you're going to win the league, you need to show up. And Inter really did. And it's that combination again of Lukaku and Lotaro. It is just at this point, it is almost, I'm not a betting man. Not a betting man, never will be. But that is as sure a bet as you can get at this particular point in Serie A's title run. Great penalty from Lukaku to open it. Great header from Lautaro to close it. That's Lukaku's 19th, I think, in Serie A this year. 
Wow. Yeah, he is balling out. Um, other games, Milan losing 1-0 to Napoli. This felt poignant. So Politano gets the winner in this game. And what was interesting was... Big game, this. Yeah, because this is a game where you see that Milan are losing the... You see the momentum they've lost because this is a game they won. The previous fixture, they won away. They won 3-1, I think. I think Zlatan scored that gorgeous header. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously Zlatan is, is out now for a few weeks. Yeah, he's done his growing. Yeah, right? he's, this is the thing. It's like we were saying that I think he's become a little bit more of his own sport immortality this season. He's picking up knocks more. Yeah. And, and understandably so, the guy's 39, you know. And they don't have, you know, that, this is without, with the most respect to Milan, they do have quite a young team of brilliant playmakers, but they don't have that kind of, that squad doesn't that kind of middle class. They're all finding their way, mm-hmm. a lot of them, like people like, to a lesser extent, Rebic, but then someone like Liao and Tonali. These, those particular, those last two players in particular are kind of finding their way. Mm-hmm. And Milan lacked the attacking heft in this game. So this is, this is a big loss for them. Really big loss. Yeah, I mean, they played, in, they played Man United on Thursday night, so I do wonder how much the travel took out of them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, fair enough. They remind me, actually, of last season's Inter, Milan, this season. I think they're a victim of their own early season brilliance because they're Which kind I of... I think is what Inter were last season. Yeah, they're kind of playing... That's a great shout, actually. They're kind of playing where they should, but they were so mm. good at the beginning that it raised expectations to perhaps an unrealistic level. That's almost on, that's on Juve, weird enough, because Juve, with their resources, should be top of this league or neck and neck. But again... Yeah, but this is the kind of thing where they've like... This season, right. And Yeah, this season, but also I just don't think that Cristiano Ronaldo transfer was worth it in the long run. I just don't think it was. It's their Neymar, isn't it? It's their Neymar thing. It's not as dramatically, but it kind of has broken the... If you, look, you know, if you look at the fluidity he's coming from, and this sounds, it sounds strange to say this in a week where Cristiano Ronaldo scored a half-hour hat-trick against Cagliari. Yeah, which was impressive, but also yeah. to all the people who were kind of using it as some kind of like, he's not done yet. He's, oh, he's not done anyway. No one is suggesting that he's done. But Cagliari are 17th of a 20-team league mm. and they've shipped 46 goals already this season. I can't remember who tweeted it, so apologies, but someone wrote, you know, like to all the people using this as kind of like a, Ronaldo thing obviously scoring a hat trick is is super impressive any time in in a yeah. top division but like he wasn't signed to score hat tricks against Cagliari no he was signed to deliver at the in the late stages of Champions League the latest stages yeah yeah I wonder whether he would be there next season you know I do wonder yeah well who knows who knows anywhere else around Europe you want to go Spain very quickly before we duck out yeah Spain very quickly oh my god Catafe Atleti this is now a vicious stumble for Atleti because Moussa Dembele came on and his link-up play was very good, but his finishing was notably poor. And I don't like to criticise um, players too much. It's just that when I was so excited by his signing, and I still think it's a terrific signing, I thought it was, like a, I thought it was the ace in the hole. And he will look back at that game, being a finisher of his repute and his quality, and just be like, that was the one. Because a goal... And he, he, had, he had two chances that were in particular, a, a shot that he kind of scuffed into the ground that was parried away by the Katafi keeper, and then a header that damningly he placed wide. And this was a header that a player of his quality, as the cliche, does score every time but one in a thousand, and this was the one in a thousand. They made hard work of this at Letty, as you'd expect, but still, bad draw for them. Bad draw, and this throws... 
the league back into the mix, particularly with Real coming back to win late against Elche. Elche, bless them, went a goal up, but don't have many shots on target. I think they've got the lowest shots on target in La Liga. So it was always going to be tough for them to hold on to a 1-0 lead. And even a draw would have been great, but then Benzema doing what Benzema has been doing for the last 18 months, quite frankly, and coming through. Uh, so yeah, that's, um, it's tough for them. And then I suppose El Gran Derby, we have to talk about. Oh, I can't believe you didn't lead with that. I'm actually quite annoyed at you that you didn't. Well, because I want to, I want, because, because I think. Shaking my head, everyone. And the series finish for Sevilla against Betis, this winning goal was, it's a spirited game as always, but this, this goal was like a cut above. It was nice to see a brilliant goal of Derby winning a Derby this weekend, if that's fair. He has had a hell of a season. He has. He really has. Uh, he's got 14 in the league this year. He's been scoring really. I mean, this was the thing in the, in the Dortmund game I think a lot of people overlooked was like, because of Haaland's performance, you know, Nesri got both um, Sevilla goals. And he'll be, I think, the next big export out of Sevilla, I think, at some point. He will go for big money, I think, at some point. Um, I'm not sure where. He strikes me as a Leicester kind of, kind of player, the kind of player Leicester would sign. Yeah, it's that kind of like, you know what it is? It's that kind of bracket of Ben Yedder type finisher. Like just plug them mm. in anywhere and they can get the goals. Mm. He would adapt quite well, I think, as well to the Premier League. Mm. Fakir had that effort right at the end to, to, to equalise. But again, like we were saying with the, at the top of the show, like it's my favourite game. Well, apart from what, well, now that the Classico is kind of not in exactly its strongest health. El Gran Derby is the, like, is the best game in Spain, I think. Yeah. And I think, to be honest, it always has been anyway, even when the Clasico was... It's the most consistently great derby, I think, mm. in Spain. Shouts to Colin Miller who wrote that amazing book about it, The Frying Pan yeah. of Spain. But I just does... It's just so... I mean, I'm, you know... Nostalgic for crowds. Not having crowds there for, for derbies. There's been a run of derbies recently that are usually so, so energetic and so wild with, with crowds. And they've all been missing and it's just all kind of hit me a little bit. So I'm a bit nostalgic at the moment. No, of course. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. It's just that yearning, isn't it? Pulling a sad face. Yeah. A handy point for Alaves at the bottom against Cadiz, actually, to close the gap on Elche to a point. Um, Elche got a game in hand, which I believe is against, I think it's against Sevilla, actually, because Barcelona, we're recording this head of Barcelona-Huesca, which is on Monday night. Huesca are on 20 points and Elche, who are in 17th, are on 24 points. Valladolid, who are 16th, are only on 26 points. So there's six, six points separating the bottom five in La Liga. Superclasco was one all. I didn't catch it, admittedly. Did you manage to watch it? I did not, sadly. Boca, River Plate. Any, anything else of note you want to talk about? Oh, actually, no, one more thing I want to shout out. I want to shout out Sunderland. Sunderland won the EFL trophy at Wembley. It's the first trophy they have won bar a second division trophy, I think, since 1973. Three. Jonathan Wilson wrote a really interesting tweet. Obviously, he's a Sunderland fan. He wrote 1937, 1973, and the 73rd day of 2021. 37, huh. 73, and the 73rd day of this year. I love That's that. That's kind of cool. Nice symmetry. Imagine clocking that. Yeah, but he knows all that stuff. That man's mind for football stats is something else. It's unbelievable. It's like a museum in there. Everything's in there. Yeah, true. True. So that is a that ends a long, long, long losing streak at Wembley for Sunderland. So yeah, I'm really happy for Sunderland fans because they've really been through it over the last few years. Yeah, yeah. And um, just again, such a shame fans weren't there to celebrate it with a day out at Wembley. But at least they took a trophy home. I think we're good. I think we're good. Yeah, we got through it. 
Another dash through Europe. Apologies if this was a bit chaotic this week. I think I've hit a point where... Uh, so is the football though. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what competitions they're on. I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know who... The, who are you? Who are you, co-presenter? Who is this strange man that always pops up on my screen? It's me, Ryan. Ryan? Ryan, it's me. Oh, is any of this real? <laughs> Keep reaching out like... Something to hold. <laughs> Something tangible. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, should maybe a little update over the international break we're actually going to reduce our output we're going to take a little bit of time off before the final push towards the end of the season yeah so we'll fill you in with that on thursday mm. don't worry there will be podcasts all right so let's get out of here we're playing out this episode on up sammy a new one called flutter came out last week go and buy it it's a really good ep shouts to up sammy brilliant artist yeah don't forget you can check us on twitter at stadio can indeed. You can check us on Instagram at Stadio Football. You can go to theringer.com forward slash soccer if you like. <laughs> and if you listen to a podcast app that allows you to rate and review, please do so. It'd be very kind. Stadio Outro's playlist on Spotify. All of the music that we play out on each episode, including this one in the background, you can listen to in full. I reckon that's it, Moose. Anything else? I think we're good. No conspiracy theories you want to peddle? No. No. <laughs> no. People have had enough hard time this week. I'm not... I'm not throwing anything else into the mix. No, I'm good. I'm good. No? No, no. <laughs> Can't tempt me. All right, we were supposed to meet on the weekend, but we didn't make it, did we? No, we didn't. Sadly not. Should we go for coffee and a cake soon? Yes. Are you back on the cake yet? Uh, I did have a cake the other day. <gasps> yes. I wondered why the hot takes were coming back out. The hot cakes. Out comes the cake, out come the takes. Absolutely. It's all good. So I'm- Oh, now we know what fuels them, everyone. But it's much more of a kind of, I'm having them much more occasionally now, so as a, as a treat. Stay safe, stay well, everyone. We'll be back with Wrighty's House on Wednesday and another Stadio on Thursday. Until then. Take care.